Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in session. Prayer. Someone say bold prayer. Okay, so I mentioned about fasting. What I mentioned about fasting is fasting is is fasting, the scriptural fasting, and what biblical fasting is, is number one, it's to sumo, so it's to cover your mouth, but it's always, always, somebody say always, it's always coupled with prayer. And so we're going to talk about, I said, well, what, 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 Lord, what do we, where do we go from here? He says, pray. I said, yes, sir, let's pray. Let's learn about, let's talk about prayer. Now, I'm not going to teach you the three steps of how to pray. I think you know how to do that. How many of you know, uh, let me just ask you this way. How many believe in this room, by a show of hands, how many believe that prayer is powerful and it's mighty? So just raise your hand. If you believe pa- there's power in prayer, amen, amen. Now, let me ask this next question. How many feel like if, they, if, they were in, if you're examining life, how many believe that you don't pray quite as often as you should? Isn't that, a, I, I'm always amazed, thank you. I was like raising both hands because I was in, included in that scenario, this little survey. Because what, I was, what I'm always amazed about is even though as born-again believers, we believe that we know through Scripture, through God's Word, that we are, there's power in prayer. But sometimes, for whatever reason, we don't often pray like we know that we should pray or we realize and understand what prayer can do. Am I alone on this? You hear me? And so I, I think it's really interesting how the enemy will take something that we know is powerful and mighty and great and, and kind of mess with it a little bit so that we, we just don't do it. Now, I'm going to make a conclusion, um, just my theory. This is my theory. This is not the safe floor. This is my theory. But my theory is typically when we talk about prayer, we know it's powerful. We know it's mighty. But sometimes we feel like we may not know how to pray in the in a right way. Now I don't know what it is, but I think somewhere down the line we have this measuring stick on what we as we kind of begin to measure ourselves up with other believers. And I say that because I know that as I was coming up in the faith and I was learning and growing in my faith, prayer was like one of those kind of scary things, mostly because I came in contact with these what I'm going to call really good. I'm going to say this professional prayers. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? When they get up to pray, they're just like, I mean, they have all the authority. And you're like, whoa, you know, and they might even throw a thee and thou. And you're like, woo. And you're like, whoa. Or, or I like this. When they start to pray and they, they, they start quoting scripture. And Isaiah 53, 3 says, you know, and they, I'm like, well, I didn't even know where that is. That's awesome. And, and, and this amazing. Oh, how about this? I don't know. Do you think there's kind of like a point? Feels like there's this arbitrary point system of prayer. Like when you see someone pray and they're praying and you hear someone else. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Amen. You're like, oh, that was a good prayer. <laughs> and then we look at our own prayer, measuring it with someone else's prayer. And we're like, mm-hmm. 
I think sometimes as we pray, sometimes we, we pray and we're, 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 we, we kind of get bored. I had uh, early on in my, in, my, in, in my walk with Christ, I remember we would have, I went to a Christian school, at, which I think is ironic. I grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian school. I'm a, I'm a like fourth or fifth generation pastor and uh, still hesitate, had hesitated on how to pray. And I think I want to put you in that cat. I want to let you know that to understand that it doesn't matter where you come from. The enemy is yelling and he's he's trying to make you push down like, oh, you can't do this and this and this. So can I just tell I'm not thinking I'm great. And, but, you know, if you were to look statistically, you would think, OK, he, he shouldn't have to worry about prayer. He, he probably knows how to do this. I was like, I don't know what to do or say. And so I, I wanted this. But I realize that sometimes when we pray, I think sometimes maybe we get a little bit. Maybe it's because sometimes we get a little bored in prayer. Like, like for instance, I, I've had people tell me, hey, all right, man, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for two hours. And I'm like, two hours? And pray for two hours straight? Yeah, let's pray for two hours, man. We're going to go. I'm like, I'm like, sometimes five minutes is all I can. I'm like stretching to get five minutes. Anyone else with me on this? Come on. Let's just be real here, all right? And, and it's like, ah, I don't know. And, and I think maybe, maybe sometimes it's because we feel like we're prayer failures. And I wonder if I kind of look at the theory, I started to kind of examine my own life and why I think, I think maybe it was because maybe I was beginning to pray and I was praying, but maybe I was praying safe prayers. Maybe I was praying prayers that were just safe. Lord, just bless me and protect us and bless us. And those are all good prayers. But I wondered if I was bored if maybe God was like, come on. And I think it's in this idea that how much of what we pray, and I'll just point all my fingers at me because I'm not trying to project to you, but just to analyze that maybe sometimes we pray safely in a place that we get so safe that we don't, we don't sense his power because we're not really tapping into. We're just kind of going through the, the motions, not because we're bad people, but probably because we're intimidated at first. And then later we just get bored. And then, of course, there's also the enemy. that comes to play tricks and mind games and all of those kind of things. But I want to tell you something. When you receive Jesus, when you receive the power and the presence of God, when you said yes to Christ, in you, God deposited his power. He deposited his power so strongly that you, the Bible says that when we speak, things change. Now, I know this sounds silly and this sounds weird because I know if we've experienced life, if anyone's experienced life anytime, you know that you've prayed and not seen something in the natural. And it, the enemy will automatically direct the dots and connect the dots. I just want to put that out there so you understand. I'm not pretending to think that it's a name and claim, like we could just say anything and it's okay. I realize there is a spiritual battle. And I think that's what I want to get at today is that if we're praying, I want us to begin to pray bold prayers because we need bold prayers to break us out of, us, of our intimidation. But we also need to pray bold prayers so that we can feel and sense and more importantly than that, we need to pray bold prayers because people are depending on that very thing. Now, I know God's God. He's big. He's mighty. But he's he's asked us. He's he's appointed us and said, hey, I need you to be the hands and feet. 
And so we can see the importance now. And, and I think maybe that's what I first wanted to get at, is that we need to understand the importance of prayer. And sometimes prayer is, well, let me just say it like this. First of all, it's simple in that prayer is having a conversation with God. And you're like, well, yeah, I know that, duh. But imagine that when Christ came into your life, now we have this new relationship and that's relationship, he says, we're a friend of God. And so now what I'm saying is that when we have a conversation with God, it's like we're having a conversation with our best friend. Now, to remind you, our best friend is God. He's awesome and he's mighty. He's our best friend because he was our friend and decided to be our friend way before we decided to invite him in to be our friend. I mean, that's the best definition of a best friend I can imagine. I mean, it's easy to be a friend when someone's nice to you, you know, when you're like, oh, yeah. But when God just says, hey, you know what? I, I love you this much. I'm going to send my son for you. That's proof that there's a pretty good friend in him. Amen. And so as we look at this today, I want us to begin to, to begin to believe bold prayers. And so I want to pray a bold prayer this week as we launch into our fasting. Now, again, fasting, I'll just say this. Don't get hung up on the details of fasting. Fasting means to, to not eat. It's, it's coupled with prayer. And if you're gonna, we're going to start this week. We'll start Monday. Now, I'll just say personally, I'm starting on Monday night. I have a conference. I'm part of an IMA. We're part of an IMA church. I'm, I'm on the board, and we have this conference on today, tonight, and Monday morning. And so I, I'm part of the planning committee, so it, it just messed it up. So I'm starting on Monday night. Doesn't make me less spiritual than you if you start on Monday morning. Come on, someone say amen. It just means that that's how it worked out. Now you might decide I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fast every I'm not gonna eat anything all day. Praise God for you, but don't do it to impress anybody. Do it because God tells you to do it that way. But I do believe that God, without a shadow, said fast. And so, however you listen, you have to listen. Say I have to listen. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to him and have him explain to you how you would go about doing it. I know we have busy lives. I know there's crazy things, all of those kind of things. And you decide, you say, okay, God, it's you and me. How are we going to do this? This is part of that bold prayer that we can initiate, just having conversation like this. Then when you begin to have that sense, write it down so you're not confused because it gets really confusing when you get really hungry. It starts to get a little, you're like, you know. And so anyway, uh, make sure you do that. I want, I want to talk about bold prayers, and I want to talk about this prayer, and we're going to look at Acts. So if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 3. We're really looking at 3, 4, and 5, and I don't have time to read all of it, but it is your assignment for this week if you so desire. I, I desire that you would. I hope that you will, but it's a, a mighty. Acts is an awesome place to look at Scripture, especially if we're digging in and wanting to know more of Christ. This is a be beautiful example because these are disciples, believers, living out, walking out the works of the Holy Spirit uh, that Christ bring, brought. And so I encourage you to read through it. But in, in, in we look at this, I'm going to look particularly at this one occasion of Peter and John in their bold lifestyle. But let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. We praise you. Holy Spirit, I think you're here. I bind you enemy for your assignment to try to steal the word today. I thank you, Father, that every heart here is fertile, ready to hear from you. Father, I pray that I only speak what you ask me to speak. Nothing less, nothing more. 
Father, I thank you even if I mess up, you translate it in a way that they can be blessed by it. Because you love them that much. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter and John are, are, are praying this bold prayer. Now I'm just going to give you context. In, in Acts chapter 3, we start with this. We see, we kind of come on the scene where J, uh, Peter and John are doing dynamic things for God. Preaching, you know, and, and being bold. And if you remember, Peter was the one that denied Christ, but now the Holy Spirit has come and he's like on fire and he's bold and he begins to preach. And they're laying hands on the sick and seeing recover and people are coming to Christ in droves. And, and just all of this, he's, and he's, he's preaching all these things. He's, he's doing this. And then he comes across, they, they're going to church and, and all of that. They're on their way to church, the temple, and they go in and they come across this man that's been handicapped for 40 years, 40 years, so much so that everyone knew it. In fact, someone was probably assigned just to set him out called outside what they call the gate beautiful. It's right outside the, the, the temple. And, the, and, the, and so that he could just ask for uh, give uh, handouts. And so Peter and John come across him and, as well. And they come across and the man's not even looking at them at the time. And he's like, you know, I, I just imagine, you know, help a guy, help, a, you know, whatever. And and. And Peter just jumps up and says, hey, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He says, get up and walk. And of course, in the power of God and who he is, the man, they reach out and the man gets up and walks. Praise God. Someone say amen for that. Amen. amen. Is that, that should be our desire that we should see these acts. Amen. And so, so we see this so miraculous, totally healed like crazy. And so that's chapter 3. Now chapter 4, the priests and the Sadducees see this and they're kind of freaked out. Not, not just freaked out, they're a little bit angry and they're like, what is going on? And so the Sadducees and what the Bible says, the temple guard is giving furious and they're kind of trying to twist it like this is a cult and, uh, and, and you know, this is, this is crazy. And so they grab them and they throw them in jail because they're just messing up with their theology. So the next day, John, or John, Peter and John are coming before trial. Before the Sanhedrin. And imagine this. They're all they're coming this trial. Now they're all surrounded around them. And 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 they're and they say to them, they all just like forcibly say to them, on what authority do you do this? Uh, I the modern translation, who do you think you are? It's who do you think you are? And in Acts chapter 4, I want to read it together. It should be on the screen. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. I love how they respond. Get this heart. He says, uh, this is, Luke is writing. It says, let me clearly state to you all. Let, let me start that over. Let me clearly state to you all of who and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man you crucified. He's getting bold now. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now that is bold beyond measure to say those things. Number one, he just pointed the finger. You killed that guy. And number two, he's talking to the Sadducees. And the Sadducees didn't believe in anything 
that could remotely be that kind of miraculous. They didn't believe in afterlife. They didn't believe. They just thought, you're, you're dead, you're dead. There was no raising from the dead. And so to say specific, specifically to say, and God, God raised them from the dead was like a, a, an all-out assault on their very theory and thoughts. Of what they're, it was kind of a deadly phrase. It was bold. It was like, ah, uh, and it was kind of like them declaring war in some fashion or form. And in, in, in verse 13 of, of chapter 4 in Acts, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. I like this. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Now, I think this is important to understand because you have to understand this because the ordinary verse, that verse, and that word ordinary is really important. I, I, my, oh. Did this happen to me last time? Where my... Please hold. Landed technology, right? Just as getting ready to start service. The computer decided to shut down and reboot and do all kinds of stuff. And it was like, what is going on? And that's that's the same thing that's happening with my notes. So praise the Lord. There it goes. Ordinary. Same, someone say ordinary. ordinary. Now, I think it's important to understand this, that the Greek word for ordinary is the word idiotes. So I don't have to, you know, we don't have to really reach to figure out what that means. And so when they're saying these guys are ordinary. But here was the dilemma. These are ordinary men. These are idiotates. But they couldn't, they couldn't deny this man that just got healed is standing right before them. In fact, Scripture shows that he was kind of jumping around, leaping kind of stuff. What do they do with that? They were amazed. How can something good come out of these guys? And they didn't understand it. This was the big dilemma. And they were just, for lack of a better word, they were completely threatened. By this whole thing. They were like ah. And so their answer was. Hey you stop preaching about that Jesus. Stop. And, 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 and they, they, they beat him. And, and, and all of this. And they threw. And you know what happened. Now, now think about this for a minute. They have just been thrown in prison. They come out of prison. And you think okay they're ready to talk. And instead of really talking say okay forgive us. No they get really down and dirty with them. And they begin to really begin to speak directly to them. By the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't them. It was a spiritual Holy Ghost boldness that came upon them. And they begin to speak in that way. And they didn't know what to do with them. And they begin and so they prayed after this they, they were warned you do this you're going to be in trouble yada 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 and so they prayed they they went away and they prayed john and peter prayed now what do you think i doubt that they prayed these little kind of simple wimpy kind of prayers 
I, I think they would have, you know, listen, they're, they're praying all of these things. They're going in and now they're going to pray a bold, bold prayer. In verse 29 of verse four, or chapter 4, verse 29, we hear this bold prayer. He says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. So they go before and they say, okay, you hear them, Lord. You, you hear this, and this is the bold, this is where we get bold. Someone say a bold prayer. This is like a dangerous prayer. Because they already knew what they wanted to do with them. Throw them in prison, kill them, beat them up, all of those things. And so here's the prayer. And now, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. As we launch this week, this is my prayer for us. As we launch into fasting, what essentially what they say is, God, make us bold. Let us dig in to who you are. Let us be bold enough, even with all the threat, even with all the uncertainty, all with all of the craziness. Let us be bold, not to go sock them. It didn't say that. It says to preach the word. The, the word is uh, it's also in one translation called the good news. Talk about a bold prayer. Because I would have prayed, God, you give me the strength. I'm gonna... And they said, no, God, give me the strength to speak your good news, your truth. I pray that that's as we seek God, this week, specifically in fasting and prayer, and we pray, God, I want to I want to be so bold. I want to be spiritually bold. I want to be so bold that I begin to speak your your good news, your gospel. God, I'll be able to connect others with you in Jesus name. That's a bold prayer. It's a bold prayer because we know not all are going to receive that message well. But it's the only message that really makes sense. I know it was for me. I had to receive Christ because everything else was falling apart. Every, every time I tried to do something of my own power, I needed Jesus to do it. And it's in that same way that the desire is that, listen, we need to be bold. But we need to be bold in that we preach the gospel, the good news. Unshakable in our spiritual conviction. A an urgency to say, no matter what the cost, no matter what it costs me, I'm going to seek God and I'm going to preach God in Jesus' name. Amen? Can I ask you just a hypothetical question? You can just imagine this, think this for yourself. How amazed are people by your boldness, spiritual boldness? How many people are amazed by your spiritual boldness? I, I, I like both messages from, from our... our uh, Ladies that help us pastor this place, that both of them, boldness, hey, hey how's my boldness? I'm just going to be bold enough to know God. I don't know everything, but I need to know you. And I'm just going to keep my belief system in you. And then to, to turn around and say, I'm going to be so bold, is to rest in you. Talk about boldness. It takes a lot of boldness to rest. It takes a lot of boldness to say, okay, God, I surrender to you. How, how bold, if, if you were like to imagine on a scale to 110 of all the people that know you, all the people you work with, all the people you're, that you come in contact, how bold would they say your spiritual boldness was? I'm not talking about the honoriness. I'm talking about spiritual boldness. 
where they can see without a shadow of a doubt, I know this person loves Christ. I know they love Jesus. How, how, how do we do that? Now, I know some say, I'm not a bold person, Pastor. Can I give you a little? I'm not necessarily a bold person. I hate conflict. I hate it. I hate it. It happens, but I hate it. I don't particularly like it. I really try to do all I can to make sure we're kind of smoothing things over because I don't like that. I'm not particularly a bold person. So, so listen, I know we're not bold, but can I remind you of something? Spiritual boldness is not a personal trait. It's a spiritual equipping that's only given by Christ himself. And so understand that what I'm asking for is I'm not asking you for to be bold in that you can just be like, I can say, tell them whatever I want to tell them or do whatever I want to do. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it'd be so bold to know when to shut up and when to speak. To know when to hold him and know when to walk away. I like Kenny Rogers, sorry. To be so bold is to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a bold prayer. Because it won't always line up. And it doesn't always. But now, now we're looking. Now listen. We're looking. We're minding ourselves that we are. Sometimes we are the very Bible that people read. And I want to be so spiritually bold. That someone knows when they are in a place where they need. And they have. Are there in a desperate place. They'll know where to go. Some are going to make fun. Some are going to say, you believe in that voodoo? You believe in that la-di-da, tiptoe through the tulips, everything's going to be okay kind of a thing? There's someone out there to help you, walk with you? Absolutely I do. And I believe in your heart you want to also. Because the truth of the matter was when God created us, he gave us all that desire to want him. Now, we've filled it with a lot of other things as we become human and we become really smart and intellectual. We make it very complicated. And it's really simple. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. The Bible tells me so. But it's a bold prayer to rest, to believe in that truth. God, make me bold to be able to do this. Now, I will say this. When you receive Christ into your life, how many know you are a new creation, right? The Bible says you're a new creation. Scripture also says that when Jesus said, I have to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come, the helper can come. He says, now I'm going to deposit. So what happens when Jesus rose from the dead? Now he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Now the Holy Spirit now is dwelling in you. All that God is, every attribute of God, every characteristic of God is now placed on the inside of you. And now when we read this as we're saying, God, pray, I pray for boldness. All we're saying is, God, I pray that you release the seed of boldness that you've already placed in me. That it might grow, that it might flourish, that it might bear fruit. We're not trying to get boldness. We have the power of God that when he speaks, the earth was created. We have that kind of power in us. And it's not because we're awesome. It's because he's awesome. 
And it's that power that we're tapping into. That's the spiritual power. That's what I'm trying to say. We're not trying to gain something. God's already given it. He just said, hey, I've given you your heart. It's brand new and it's full and it's fertile and it's ready to grow. Every seed of truth is ready to grow if you'll water it in my word. If you believe in me. If you'll listen to my heart. If you begin to pray bold prayers. God. And so one translation Instead of saying, give us, it says, instead of saying, make it, it says, enable. I like that translation because it's more accurate to the, 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 the Greek of what that actually means. It means to release or open up or to fire up what's already been placed on the inside. Look it up. Study it out. It's so cool. So we're not asking God for something like, eh, he said, I've already given it. I'm saying, God, release it in me. Release that supernatural truth. Out of me in Jesus name. So that I can accomplish your will. Your will is that I can be bold believer for you. That when people need you, they'll see me and say, ah, they must have what I need, which is Jesus. You understand? You get it? And so this is why we're looking at reading and going in bold. Now I want to read 29. Verse 29 and 31, it says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Many miracles, miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy Jesus. You know, it's the name of Jesus, not our name, but it's through the name of Jesus. And it says in verse 31, After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with Boldness. Bold prayers brings the bold God out in us. That's, that's this is what this means. When they begin to pray, the Holy Spirit came upon them. It's like this. I said at the beginning, I believe we say, how many believe that God's uh, that prayer is powerful and mighty? And you said yes. And so all this is, is proving that prayer is powerful, so powerful that his power begins to be released. You see that? Now, remember, these are idiotates. I just want us to write because the enemy will say, oh, well, that was good for them because they wrote the Bible and they're all this. They were idiotates. Like me. Like us. They put up their pants on the same way. All of those kind of things. They weren't special. They were supernatural. They were working the supernatural because they chose to pray bold prayers. Let us choose to pray bold prayers. I'm going to jump down to chapter 5, verse 18 and 20. We're going to, we got to be done. It says they arrested the apostles. I want to back up because they arrested them because, well, they prayed the boldness and they kept, they kept, Laying hands on the sick. They still preached that Jesus was raised from the dead. They still believed those things. They still began to pray that. They just, they just did. They, every time they had an opportunity, they, they, they did. And, and, and they began to preach. And, and can I say this? They didn't get themselves pumped up by themselves. It was the Holy Spirit that pumped them up. Get that? I can't even pump you up. I mean, I'm hoping that you're going to like, yeah, pastor, yeah. But that's not really going to do it. Because I, don't, I, I can't give you that because it's not mine to give. It's his, but he's freely given it. And he says, tap into it. And so it's the boldness of the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. And it, it's the thing that will, will, 
it'll make you bold. So it'll make you bold to read your Bible in front of people. It'll make you bold to pray at the, at, the, at the lunch table at the restaurant. It'll make you bold to be able to say, you know what, I see that person needs a, a hug or I need, need to pray over them or whatever. Or make us bold enough to confess a sin that we might have committed that we just don't want to look at. Or to make us bold enough to give or tithe or any of those kinds of things. That's boldness. That's spiritual boldness because none of it makes sense in the natural. But it's all absolutely supernatural truth that God wants us to tap into. It's bold. And it's dangerous. But it's mighty. And it's powerful. And it'll change our lives. It'll change the lives around us. It'll reveal his truth like never before. Three attributes, three things of spiritual boldness. I'm going to go through them very quickly. Spiritual boldness will almost always trigger spiritual opposition. Thank you, Pastor, for that nice feeling you just gave. In verse five, or chapter 5, verse 18, it says, They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. This is the second time in the same week they got thrown in jail. Where's God? How many of you have felt that way? You get thrown, you're like, ah, where's God? Listen, listen, hear me. Don't get blindsided by the enemy. The enemy comes, but only to steal, kill, and destroy. He will always try to stop or stifle the advancement of the kingdom of God. Don't be surprised. Jesus says, don't be surprised. You're going to be persecuted like I was persecuted. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So the truth is we're going to accomplish. We're going to overcome. We just got off that overcome. We're going to overcome. He's already called us overcomers. We're going to do it. But yeah, we're going to face opposition. We're going to face challenge. But it shouldn't throw us because we should know it. We should realize it. And so when you pray a bold prayer, expect that you have a bold opposition. But can I tell you this? The truth of the matter is. Before you received Christ and before you were seeking God, guess what? The enemy was also coming against you in those times. We just didn't know it because we weren't in tune with the spirit. We were blinded by the truth and we were just kind of walking along. And then God got a hold of our hearts. The blinders came off and said, wait a minute, there's some injustices here. And it's in that light and that understanding. He's always been messing with you. Now he's just scared because now you know he's messing with you. And now you can say, devil, shut your mouth. Because I got the power of God in me. You got the power of God in you. To accomplish his will and his, his, his truths. Amen. So we're going to face opposition. But greater is he that's in you. Number two. Spiritual boldness often releases God's miracles. Listen, I want to say this. I just want to get it out there. If we want spiritual boldness. If we're like, God, no, uh, if we want, no, if we want miracle work and power, I know my desire, man, I want revival. I want to see this. I want to do this. Did you know that revival happens when we get so enthralled in the things of God? We get so pushed. We push everything else aside and we say, God, you are God. You're the only God. You're the only thing I desire. And this is everything. It will release those miracles. It's, that's, it's, it's the digging. We can't have our cake and eat it too. We have to dig into the Father. Because it's the Father that's going to do the work. Someone say amen. 
You, you hear, you, you, you get it? It's like, I want this. He says, you got it. Get into me. And I mean boldly get into me. Declare the war against the enemy that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. You've got to win because you've already won, because I've already conquered. But now you've got to tap into that. You've got to swim outside of what you were going in and go the, the river of God in your life. Amen? I like this because this is funny to me. I'm going to read uh, verse 19 of chapter 5. It says, but the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of jail of the jail and brought them out. I'm going to read it again. Verse 19, chapter 5. But an angel of the Lord came out at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. You know what's weird about this passage? I would have expected in a passage like this, there would have been an exclamation mark at the end of this thing. Do we realize just what an angel of the Lord came? Like, matter of fact, the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them on out. And Luke is writing this like it happens all the time. Now, I'm thinking, if I'm writing this, if I'm like, what? Can you, Matt, now listen, remember when angels came upon the scene, they weren't like the, hoo -hoo, you know, kind of fluffy, fun little angels. The Bible's angels that had eyes of fire, swords this long, mighty. In fact, most every time an angel is, appears, what do they say? Don't be afraid. Why? Because they look tough and buff and mean and ready to war. And Luke says, Oh, but an angel of the Lord came and I'd open up the gates of the jail and they let him out. Why? I believe because they tapped in bold prayer. And with bold prayer brings miracles. And I think they were at the point where there's like, well, here's an angel again. It just, it just became part of who they were. God desires to move. He doesn't need it to be, oh, he just wants to move because his presence is here, is ever being here. He lives with us. It doesn't have to be a big hoopla. That was a big deal, but it didn't have to be like, oh, he did show up. Of course he showed up. He's God. When we tap into God, miracles happen. Somebody say amen. amen. But we got to pray boldly. So we pray it even when we don't see it. Hey, by the way, if I ever preach and you see an angel behind me, would you take a picture? Because I want to hashtag that bad boy right there. I want that up. That'd be cool. Just a side note. Because how amazing. But this is the thing. Luke writes it in a way he wants it to be matter of fact. See, God's power, he, God's desire, his desire is that he works powerfully all the time. Like it's just matter of fact. Of course he is. So then I go back to what do I believe about who God is? That I would be amazed. Now, I can be in awe like thankfulness. I get that. Never give up thankfulness. But we should be thankful that, God, you cared for me when you know, I... Ugh. But I shouldn't be surprised when he moves because he says, I'm going to move. And I'm going to do. So when we pray bold, when we get spiritual boldness... 
God will release his miracle working power. Somebody say amen. Okay, number three, last one. Number three is spiritual boldness always requires faith. It always requires faith. Faith is the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It takes a faith to say the God of this heaven and this earth, the God of Jesus, the God of Holy Spirit, the God, the true in God resides on the inside of me. That takes faith. That takes faith. I get that. But we know that that faith is a thing that moves mountains. We know that God says faith is the substance of things. So, and it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't mean he's not going to like you. It means he's so pleased when we walk in his truths, when we see his truths and we believe his truths and we walk in his truth, we pray bold prayers. It so pleases him when they say, yeah, they get it. Yes. And that's what he's talking about, being pleased. And so faith. Is the thing that please it's the yes, sir, to the command. It's the I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna be bold. Acts chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, it says, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, and as they were told, and immediately began teaching. That's boldness. That takes faith. So really, the, the Holy Spirit was really saying, you go do what got you arrested twice. Just continue to do that. Yeah, yeah, I know you got beaten. Yeah, I know they got threatened to be killed. Go do that. That takes faith. And the cool thing about how God works is the Bible says it only takes the, the faith of a mustard seed. Very tiny. Because God's so big... That even a great, even a great tree is it's wrapped up in just a little seed. The seed that's already been planted on the inside of us, and he wants that seed to grow so desperately. And so faith is simply watering the word, renewing our mind, praying bold prayers, so that thing can grow into the stature in which it's intended. It's supposed to be a mighty tree. Our faith is mighty. It may seem small, but it's got everything it needs. It's just waiting for us to say, Holy Spirit, move in it. Do it. Believe, heart, mind, listen to the Spirit and do. And it begins to grow. And it begins to allow us to do supernatural things that we would have never done. And we're not asking, I'm not asking you to go to Africa tomorrow. I'm asking you to be willing to say this. God, I need you. I surrender to you. I know your word is true and I know you're powerful. And I know there's people that need to know you. God, use me in that way. God, let me to get my eyes off the circumstance, the things that I can't change. The things that I'm hearing that's so wrong. God, let me get off of that long enough just to hear your voice. That's a bold prayer. And it's in that bold prayer by faith that miracles begin to change. See, this is the truth of when we're going through a fast, we are praying a bold prayer. We are we are 
we are stepping into a very bold discipline. And all I'm trying to do is for you to come to the point where you expect with a bold discipline and a bold prayer comes a bold reward and a bold promise that says, I'm for you, not against you. You will get to the other side. God is faithful. He's truthful. He does not lie. He doesn't give you half-truths. He's all truth, 100%. Absolutely. And he says, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You will do it in me. Let us be willing to pray that bold prayer. Let us release it by faith, knowing that opposition will come, but we will not be moved by that truth. Know that God is faithful, and he's just, and he's mighty, and he loves you. Let's pray. Father, we love, honor, and glorify your name. God, I pray that in this moment, in this time, as we launch our fast, that we're launching really our prayer time with you in a deeper level like we've never done before. I pray a bold prayer today that, Father, you would unleash and enable the Spirit of God in us, the, the warrior, the mighty warrior that you've made us in the Spirit, that that would rise up, that we would recognize the enemy and every, every while of that enemy, every scheme of that enemy, every assignment of the enemy, and we would cast it out. We would begin to speak and see things change because you desire it to change. God, we won't do it in our own ability. We'll simply tap into your spirit. And we'll begin to tap into that spiritual boldness. We desire this. We desperately need this. But Father, I thank you that you love us, that you've given us the opportunity to ask. And your word says when you ask, you receive. May we receive it today. May we receive this word today. May we plant it deep in our hearts. May we continue to till the soil this week as we learn about you, read about you, pray to you, spend time with you so that you might water the seed, that it might grow. We thank you for that. Father, I thank you that we won't leave the same but changed. I thank you that, Father, our 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 will resonate we will just shine your light more brightly than ever before as we pray bold prayers this week we thank you for it father we give you praise in jesus name amen and amen god is good amen can you stand to your feet just let's just i want you to stretch out a little bit because i give you a lot of stuff i gave me a lot of stuff I gave us a lot of stuff, but it's all good stuff. But I don't know about you now. I'm like, I, you know, as I was studying and learning and growing, I was like, my mind was like, I was like, what, 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 what? I know God's going to reveal more truths. Read, do me a favor, read, like I said before, read Acts chapter 3, 4, 5. And get, a, get an understanding context of this. This is a cool thing because it shows the truth of spiritual boldness. You, you know, I'll I just remind you of this. You know, John, uh, uh, Peter, 
even Paul, all of Jesus for that matter, all of them, majority of the time when they were hard-pressed and challenged, they were, they were right. But yet they were told they were wrong. And, and I want you to understand that they had every right to rise up and say, but they always took every occasion to figure out if they got an audience, you know what they shared? The gospel. If they had an opportunity to share, they said, God, I want you to be known as God. Jesus came, he lived and died and rose again so they could have life eternal. Do you see the heart of God there? God's powerful. Don't get me wrong. He's mighty. There will be an end. And there will be a judgment. Just, all of those things are going to happen. Wrongs are going to be righted. Like never before. He's like, listen, I'm going to take care of that. Would you do me a favor? Would you share the love and the, and the relationship? So we can bring everybody on board. As many as we can. That's really the heart of God. And that's really the heart of God for us in this place, in this time, and in this moment. Is that we would share the heart of God. It's not going to be easy. It's going to go against the grain a lot of the time. But we can do it. So what am I saying? I'm not saying we need to be a bully. I'm saying we need to be bold, spiritually speaking. To say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And God says to be a discipler. To be a preacher of the good news. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Not hope they recover. See them recover. Amen. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.